0: Welcome everyone to this episode of Palmetto Guardian. Today we will be talking about dating and relationships as well as substance abuse. Welcome everyone, I'm Specialist Chelsea Baker.
1: And I'm Specialist David Erskine.
0: I feel like this is is a bad idea, but take it away Specialist (laughs) Erskine. (laughs)
1: We're going to talk about Specialist Bakers dating. Oh, my
0: gosh. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this is something that they're not... We're going to have people unsubscribe to this because of this
1: topic. No, gentlemen, she's single. How <laughs> uh, uh, you doing? Know, oh she's gosh. obviously a su- successful podcaster mm-hmm. in the military. But, no, look, um, uh, the reason I want to talk about it is actually it's been very intriguing to me. I've, I've been married for... <laughs> Fifteen years now, um, and I, I had been in kind of long term ish relationships before then. So, you know, the dating game is a lot different. A lot different. <laughs> um, we used to actually go places and meet people now, but your world of dating is I'm, I'm banker. You talking to anybody? She's like, yeah, and I'm like, oh yeah, where where'd y'all go out? She, no, 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 no. I've I've sent a few texts to him or something like. <laughs> Like, huh? How does that work? Like, how does that work?
0: I mean, yeah, like, in your generation, air quotes for those of you not watching, like, I don't know. I feel like it was easy for y'all to go out to a bar restaurant, hanging out with friends, and just approach people. Nowadays, it's like... People are afraid to approach people. I mean, some people aren't, but in most cases, they are because they're afraid of rejection. Maybe I don't know. Uh-huh. And I don't our, know what that feels like. Yeah, because you're just awesome and everybody loves you. So Thank you. You've never been rejected.
1: <laughs> oh God, if this makes it far enough out in the public, there's there's a list of females right now that uh, are like I writing know. comments, like I did it, I did oh it, I did gosh. it, I rejected him, I rejected. Him.
0: <laughs> but I don't know, like we're so. I guess my generation, I don't know how to explain it. Like, now, today, it's work. That's all people do is work, work, work. And they're busy, and they're here, and they're there. And they're just so consumed with what's going on then and there that they don't realize everything else that's going on around them. Like, my life consists of going to work, going to the gym, and going to bed. Sometimes I hang out with friends, but I always have something going on with work. I might have drill weekends, or I might be out of town for something. So, like... I don't get the opportunity to go out and meet people. So it's a little bit more difficult than, I guess, back when you would just go out and meet people. I don't know. I just,
1: because huh. you know. Am not
0: saying that I like the whole online dating? Yeah. Our, no. no. Like it, it's, it's. But that's the online. norm for y'all now. Yeah. That's, it's all technology. It's all apps. It's all Facebook and social media and. I don't know.
1: Because, see, I, I just, I, I guess the reason I find that so odd is because I remember when I was a younger man. Um, a very, very long time ago. Very, very long time <laughs> ago. And a galaxy far, far away. Go um, Star Wars nerds. Um, but um, I remember, like, being attracted to a female. It wasn't, there was just so much that happened when you saw somebody or you went up and talked to talk to him. It wasn't always just their looks or whatever you know uh physical attraction obviously that played a part in it but sometimes it was what they were wearing it was a smell it was you know the setting the music like there was this whole atmosphere that was created that allowed for this attraction i guess Mm -hmm. um and you know that's that's just not there so like for most of y'all Um, so I, I, it's, it's unique to me how y'all determine, yeah, I think I like this person or I, whatever that's here in this digital format is enough for me to want to engage with them.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing though, is that they can portray themselves as one thing and then you talk to them, you meet them, you get to know them and they could be somebody completely different. Because, I mean, you have these dating apps and websites, and you fill out all these questions and things you like and don't like, and then you get matched or you match with somebody. And honestly, it, it the first attraction is based off of looks, whether you like the way that person looks or not. And then after you make that initial decision, then it's like, okay, well, what is in their profile? Oh, well, they smoke. I don't want somebody that smokes. Or, oh, they, it looks like they party a lot. I don't want somebody like that. Or... Oh, they're not really looking for anything serious but I am so that might be a determining factor okay. and so I, I don't know it's just that's just how it is now and like I said it's not that I like it but I feel like there's no other way for me to go out and meet somebody because I'm surrounded by people at work and I don't do a lot outside of work and I don't have this big huge group of friends um, so I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's just you ask me all the time, and then it just turns into this weird, awkward conversation, and you're trying to give me love advice, and, and we're not, gonna, I, we're not I, going there I, right now.
1: I am the love doctor. Oh, um no, No, um, you know, because, I mean, I met my wife at work. We both worked in the same. And, I
0: mean, it, and you talk to a lot of couples that are around your age, and that that's how people meet. And, I mean, I've met people – that I've dated in the past through work or uh military or whatever. And I mean, yeah, it happens, obviously, because I've done it in the past, but I I don't know. I don't know how to explain I, it. I mean, if
1: you ask my wife, I mean she I mean she was instantly pulled to me. Um I was I was just too much for her. She probably <laughs> thought that I was I was out of her league. Um, I think it was, I was the other way around. Oh yeah, my wife was smoking hot. <laughs> was no she is. is is was they're both the same You're gonna get I, I know um i was just speaking at that time frame i mean yeah. she obviously still is but i mean she was she was actually way out of my league um and you know i didn't i didn't know i didn't know when i first had her, asked her out i had no clue how old she actually was i didn't realize she was actually older than me because my wife generally looks younger than me yeah. uh, and definitely didn't know she had kids um would have pulled the ripcord on that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um bailed out the back end. I can't say none. I had a kid also at the time. Yeah. Um but yeah, so it, it, it's just and I bring this up and I make this point was because there's you know, I mean you're you're what, twenty-eight ish? Twenty seven. Gosh, trying to me
0: Tw-
1: older than I am. Twenty nine. Um I mean we're we're obviously a couple decades apart, um, but we still serve in the military together and everything like that. And you know, that's when you're when you're dealing with, you know, younger military members and stuff it, everything's different for them to a certain extent. And and understanding that, like I wouldn't you know if I went out back in the day and came back in and didn't find somebody to talk to, I'd be like, man, nobody to told you it was Yang or whatever. But you're like, oh my God, I have this total nerd texting me, you know, <laughs> or whatever type thing. But you never actually met the person. It's just, it's just a discussion. And, and and so I guess, you know, I ask you questions about it and stuff a lot because I'm trying to understand it because it helps me understand you better. Um, but, uh, that whole that whole world has just has changed. It's morphed into something unrecognizable. And uh my um uh, matter of fact I was eating dinner with uh one of my youngins uh the other day and uh he's like, Yeah, somebody I know gave this girl my phone number or whatever and I was like, I didn't even know y'all did like blind date hookup stuff anymore. <laughs> I was like, I didn't think if you couldn't go through a profile and you know <laughs> know what their favorite dessert was this was a no-go and i i also think that you know that, that's another thing too is y'all fill out these massive profiles so there's no mystery to the person to a certain extent there's yeah. there's nothing to learn i mean obviously like you mentioned it could all be fake um and you know obviously we had people who lied to us you know when you're we coming through but it's a lot harder you know and they're like, you know, I'm whatever, CEO of whatever bank, and they go out and get in a Pinto. It's a little, you know, it's like, ah, visualization. <laughs> Not unless you're just really into Pintos. Um, but, you know, they can make up whoever they want to be mm-hmm. to at least get you on the first date. Um, at least-
0: Well, and that's the problem with uh, being online and technology now is that, there are people that get catfished. I mean, there's a TV show about it. Yeah. And to this day, you would think people would be smarter about it, and people still get caught up in it. And I think that that's a fear as well for people, is that they see this person on this profile, they see in black and white what they like, and then come to find out it's not who they think it is, and they've wasted all this time. But I, it's, like I keep saying, it's hard to explain. Like, you talk to somebody and you like them, but then you could meet them and you could just completely not feel anything towards them because it's not what you're looking for or what you expected. And and then scheduling, like, especially if you're meeting, if you're talking to somebody in the military, there goes my pen. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, yes, it's nice because you have an understanding of what they're going through and their training and reason, like, If they have to go out for a couple days or a week or two, like, you get it because you have to do the same thing. But then it makes it hard because it's like, oh, well, let's meet on this date. Well, I can't because I work nights. And, okay, well, I'm leaving for a week. And, okay, then at that point it's like, where is it going to go from there? Right. If you can't meet and see the person to know whether you like them or not, then is it really worth pursuing any further? Right.
1: Yeah, I, I can get that. I can get that speaking back to your comment about the catfishing show my wife watched that whatever i guess when it first came out and i saw it and i was like oh my god my wife's watching a fishing show i was so excited (laughs) come to find out it wasn't (laughs) (laughs) the wrong kind of fishing um but uh yeah and, and you know not only has that world evolved but everything's evolved and you know um one of the things that has kind of evolved over the years is the whole world of uh substances and, and substance abuse and the things of that nature and um you know what type of you know rotations of what type of drugs are popular and now you've got all this this whole herbal world out there and is uh, yeah can, and especially for military members you know we have to be super careful um you know states are legalizing marijuana things of that nature they're selling goods with with you know THC in it and things like that so go along with the dating world and stuff like that uh, along with the, the changes in dating styles <laughs> evolving. the evolving of dating styles so has a lot of the substance of substances out there negative substances and substance abuse um and not only you talking about you know stuff like your narcotics you know your basically illegal drugs but you know the whole prescription drug boom and stuff like that it's come people getting addicted to opioids and things like that and luckily for us we have a subject matter expert that was willing to take time out of her day to come in and talk to us about some of the substance abuse stuff and some of the things to look out for
0: so, today we have Ivy Hatfield, the alcohol and drug control officer for South Carolina National Guard, and today she is here to talk to us about substance abuse. Yeah. So, thank you for uh, being with us today. Can you uh, describe a little bit about what your program does?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I oversee the National Guard Substance Abuse Program and We have a couple things that we do. Um, One of the main things is that we go out and we do prevention trainings with our soldiers about um, high-risk alcohol usage, um, illegal substances, what to stay away from. And then we also do case management services for service members and families who are struggling with alcohol and drugs. Um, and really, our biggest thing is we're advocates for people going through the program. We act as liaisons between facilities, um, make sure paperwork's filled out like it's supposed to, and we're just there for service members maybe if they have a positive urine analysis or if they just come in and say, hey, I'm really struggling. So we help them get into the process, because going into treatment can be really scary, because
1: yeah nobody wants to do it like, right.
2: yeah nobody wants to admit that they've got a problem so that can be really scary to take that first step so we're just kind of there to be like buddies for them and help them get into the program
1: you mentioned the being scared thing and sometimes admitting the problem is, is scary enough but for military members another part of it that's scary is the fear of losing your career especially especially if it's like a one-time mess-up type thing or whatever you know how does that work as a soldier and airman coming to y'all i mean repercussions for entering the program or or what
2: so if it's just somebody who's self-referring um, so they they don't have anything going on that I have a positive urinalysis. analysis they don't have a DUI or anything like that um, we always encourage people to self-refer and come talk to us that way um, we like for commands to be involved we want command to be notified of it just so they can be tracking the issue but The Army actually released a new directive that if you just have an alcohol problem, um, there's nothing else going on, that you can actually self-enroll into the program um, without having to go through command, without having to notify people of it. And so that way the paperwork isn't formally logged into a database tracking system where it can come up 10 years down the road that says, hey, Specialist Smith went to treatment for alcohol problems. Um, So that's one thing we're really hoping will encourage people to get help. Um, There are a couple criteria you have to meet for that. Um, It has to be strictly an alcohol issue. There can't be any other substances involved. And that person has to be evaluated by behavioral health just to kind of verify that, hey, it's just an alcohol issue. There's no mental health disorders or anything going on. But if those criteria are met, you can enroll into the program and go through with just us knowing, essentially, which I hope will encourage soldiers to get the help they need.
1: Um. Speaking of help, now do y'all do y'all house and do everything yourself up there in the front office as far as the rehab and stuff, or do y'all use local partners to help with that? How's that part work?
2: So we use local providers within the community. Um, we try to use state-run facilities um, because one thing we've noticed is a lot of our soldiers they may not have insurance other than Tricare, or they may not have. Um, Treatment can be kind of expensive. Um, so state-run facilities have grant-based programs that you can go into. So we try to partner with organizations throughout the state. Like in this area, we use LRAIDAC a lot to help our soldiers. And we connect them so they're not going out there and digging through the weeds trying to find where to go this accredited program.
1: Um, now, as far as, um, I guess, finding out more information about y'all, what what assets are out there for people who are thinking about maybe they want to join the program as their representatives at the unit level they talk to or uh, just pop into y'all's office or or what
2: so um, soldiers can always reach out to their UPL um, which are the people that coordinate the drug tests at the uh, unit level but you can call our office We've got a Facebook page. You can send us a message. You can come visit us at Bluff Road. We're pretty open. Um, We'll go out on drill weekends. We'll meet people at armories if we need to. That way, if they don't want to be seen around other soldiers, we can meet them somewhere to talk. But we're open and accessible pretty much all the time.
1: Now I know uh, service member family care as a whole they they uh, they do a lot of things by the regions they have you know one person in every region is that also true for the substance abuse program or are y'all just more localized here
2: so we all of, all three of the people on my program we're all stationed at a bluff road but each one of us is directly assigned to a command so like me for instance i directly oversee the 218th so any soldiers within the 218th that have an issue they come to me and just like troop command has a representative Um, so there's a dedicated person just for those commands but that being said if somebody from the 218th comes in and i'm not there the other coordinators will help out
1: that's good so
2: we're all over the state all over all over the place busy we travel a lot (laughs) um
1: I guess with the with substance abuse and and things like that we always kind of default to just alcohol and then you know maybe weed is the or marijuana is the next thing that kind of pops to people's mind but um a big issue and this is not just necessarily with the guard but this is just in general public is prescription medication and abuse of prescription medication um now there are certain things that are okay within that realm. And that, so, could you kind of explain some of those guidelines of where soldiers, and airmen might get in trouble with prescription drugs, even if they're not ab- abusing them per se? Yeah. But yeah.
2: So essentially, um, if you were prescribed something, say you go out and have surgery and you get a prescription for oxycodone or whatever it may be, as long as we are able to find a valid prescription from within the last six months um, that states that you were prescribed that, you will be cleared. One thing that I've noticed that we have an issue with is that you'll have a soldier who... Has a headache their knee starts to hurt after drill so they'll take an expired medication from an expired prescription that they still have in the house or they'll take their wife's medication or someone else's and that's where things get a little hairy because we can't get a valid prescription for it and that's when it has become marked as illicit Um, one thing that I've noticed is we got a lot of people with Adderall um, especially college-age students and they're like I'm just trying to stay up I'm just trying to do my best there's nothing wrong with having a prescription for Adderall, so you can take, take it as prescribed. But when you start taking other people's meds, that's when the problem comes in.
0: Yeah,
1: and and that's dangerous too. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's dangerous. It's not your dose. Exactly. You you don't. It's not prescribed to you. you. You know, a lot of medications are based on the weight of the person, and so. And I
2: don't think people really understand that, like you said, what my dosage is may completely knock you out. Um, and so there, there is a reason your doctor prescribes you, you know, certain things, how to take them. I think sometimes when people say, oh, it says one pill a day, I can take three. No, there's a certain <laughs> reason that that's written that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, this- I, and I also think that some people um, don't think it's a – they don't think it's an issue because it's like, oh, well, why is it a problem taking, um, like, a higher dosage of, like, a Tylenol mm-hmm. that you can only get prescribed? But, I mean – and like the expiration thing too like they don't I guess they just don't think it's a big deal until it affects them in the military or whatever the case may be and then they're like they don't realize that that is a problem so
2: I mean because I'll be the first to admit prior to coming into this field like I had I just had like prescriptions I never mm-hmm. used in my cabinet and I was just leaving them there and then when I came here I was like you know that's a really valid point and I went back and looked Mm -hmm. and I was like I don't have valid prescriptions for any of these. Um, So it's just definitely check your prescriptions before you take them because getting that prescription renewed if you need it is a lot cheaper than having to go through treatment for an illicit positive. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's not worth it.
0: Now how does the program work with um, you've mentioned about the alcohol but as far as if somebody is having issues with um, prescription drugs or other types of substances how does your program work for them? Because I know that some people probably won't admit that they have a problem because they're afraid of uh, their career or what it can do to them. So is there things in place to help them overcome that? Or like, what, what does the program do for somebody in that kind of situation?
2: So we always encourage people that if you're struggling, if you have an issue, to reach out to us before you take a drug test. um, Just because it's so much easier to self-refer and let us help you before you come back and we have to do a packet saying that you've tested positive. Um, The Army actually has something called the limited use policy, which basically is kind of a protection for soldiers. Um, So say I go out and I smoke marijuana one weekend And then I'm like hey you know what I really messed up so with limited use you can essentially call in and self refer to somebody in your chain of command um, somebody in my team or a chaplain and say hey I've used substances I need to get help Um, some caveats are that to that are you can't know you have a drug test coming up you can't have already taken the drug test Um, so essentially as soon as it happens and you realize that you've messed up you need to call one of us and if you take advantage of limited use you come in and you go to treatment and you complete treatment successfully um, should the guard decide to discharge you and keyword should because they can always advocate to retain someone who has a positive um, but should they discharge you your discharge status will be protected so you're not going out with the dishonorable discharge is one thing I think a lot of soldiers don't realize or fully grasp is that a dishonorable discharge stays with you forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some people think it falls off your like it falls off a credit score. That's mm-hmm. that's not how it goes.
1: Yeah, and once you get that dishonorable yep. discharge, it can be kind of tough, depending on what you want to do in life. Exactly. Security clearances are pretty much a no go, and a lot of the bigger corporations that they see that on their rec- record, they kind of frown on it because obviously there was some reason that you know you had to leave um and now speaking of the, the kind of the battle buddy level wingman level or whatnot if you, if i'm out there as a soldier and airman and i've got a friend and i'm like you know maybe he's drinking a little too much or you know is, is that a bag of marijuana i saw you know how 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 do we deal with that or how does that interact with y'all's office
2: So, we have some service members that are just completely confident and will walk straight up to you and be like, is that pot in the car? Like, everybody (laughs) knows that one blunt person that's going to do it. Um, I've actually had service members call me and be like, hey, can I kind of run through a mock intervention with you? Like, what are good things to say? How do I approach this? And that's something we're willing to do um, because a lot of times if it's just me coming in off the street approaching a soldier, they're going to look at me like, you don't belong here. So... When your battle buddies notice it, and your airmen notice it, and it's coming from them. I think it helps build that connection, especially if you already have that relationship with the person. Um, in my opinion, it's always really important not to come in like accusatory, mm-hmm. and I'm sure y'all have heard this a million times. Use the I statements, like, Hey, I've noticed this, um, and I'm concerned, you know, and just see if you can open up a dialogue about it.
1: Um. No, I don't know this for sure, but it, this, most of service member family care extends to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like families, veterans, whatever. Um, is that also true for the substance abuse program? Say I had a son or something like that I was concerned about. Is, is, is Can y'all get involved in that if yeah. I...
2: So with us, we will um, definitely help connect you to local resources, um, to facilities, help with the initial assessment process, and help get them in there. That's absolutely something we're willing to do. Um, What I've noticed in my travels throughout the state is that sometimes it's not our soldiers who are directly using, um, but it may be a family member. They may have a brother that's in the midst of an opioid addiction. Um, And so therefore it is still affecting our soldier even though they're not the one using. So that's definitely something that we kind of come beside and we'll be like, hey, here are some steps you can take. These are resources out there in the community.
1: Um, You mentioned uh, resources and stuff. Is there anything outside of y'all's officers? Is there there some websites? Is there good places maybe to go look and find more information about? substance abuse either how to prevent it or how to help somebody Uh, we just wanted to do our own kind of knowledge search for it
2: yeah um, so we have a Facebook page the South Carolina National Guard Substance Abuse Program page we post a lot of information to there Um, you can also look through SAMHSA um, which is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, I believe. I probably butchered that. But, um, you look we'll up. go with it. Yeah, you. we'll go with it. It sounds double official.
1: check it on Google if yeah. you're. Interested. It's
2: definitely SAMSA. Don't know if that's yeah, what it right. For. There you go. <laughs> but with SAMSA, you can look up all facilities that are accredited, accredited through them, accredited. There accredited. you go. There you go. You <laughs> go. There we go. We got it. <laughs> you can look up um, resources that are accredited through them because sometimes what I've noticed is you'll have these little facilities that'll pop up and they'll be like a boutique like oh come help come with us we'll help you get over drug addiction Da da, da, da. and it's just essentially a money pit um, so SAMHSA will tell you about facilities they'll tell you about what treatment is like because there's all sorts of wide varieties of treatment like it can go from educational classes once a week to more intensive outpatient program where you're going two to three times a week So, there's all sorts of different tiers, and SAMHSA does a really good job of explaining that. Um, So, does Dayotis, which is the South Carolina Department of Alcohol and Drug and Other Services.
1: So, yeah, a lot of information out there for.
0: Yeah, Um, I have, I I thought of something while we were sitting here. I don't know if it will be okay, but um, so a big thing lately has been CBD. And that's like a kind of a gray area of. Can you use it? It doesn't show up on, t- like, I mean, that's the talk of everything now. And what what are the stance on that kind of stuff for military members?
2: What's funny is I literally got a text about CBD oil as I was walking in here. <laughs> really? Um, so CBD We're oil, on the cutting edge on this show. We are the front line. That's right. That's like, how good we are. Like you're hacked in my <laughs> cell phone. Um, so the thing with CBD oil is, is that CBD oil is derived from hemp. And so hemp products, anything derived from hemp, are prohibited by Army regulation. Therefore, it is a no-go for soldiers. Um, and I've heard soldiers say, but it doesn't show up on drug tests. It doesn't show up on drug test." My question to them, is that really something you're going to risk? Um, mm-hmm. Because I have heard instances where soldiers are using CBD and they do test positive. And another thing with CBD is that the way it's kind of regulated... Um, you never know what you're getting, mm-hmm. and I, like, because you may have a product that's got synthetics mixed into it. Um, there was an incident at Fort Bragg last year where some soldiers got a hold of some bad CBD, is what you, what they think, and they got very, very ill. Um, so, if you're have a family member that's going to use CBD, I mean, obviously, army can't prohibit family members from doing it, but do your research into the product. Make sure it's coming from somewhere reputable, um, and not the corner in Red Bank when you're driving near the Walmart. Right. <laughs> so just definitely put your research into it. But, but yeah. there's
0: nothing saying like you can or can't, or is it kind of still like a gray area?
2: It's, it falls under the prohibited realm okay. for regulation. Um, and, you know, that's kind of, people ask me about that too, like hemp lotion, hemp oils, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that technically is prohibited. So just, just keep in mind things that you're using. Kind bars are another thing that come up because some have hemp seeds. Mm-hmm. So just always kind of be vigilant about what you're using and putting in your body.
0: Yeah. I yeah. think it's uh, a lot of peer pressure. Mm-hmm. I have tons of friends and they have friends, and they talk about it, and they're not military, so I don't think they fully understand when I'm like, no, I can't do that, I don't, like, we they don't have that understanding, and it's hard to explain to them, like, oh, well, it doesn't pop up on a drug test, but, like, you were saying, you don't know where you're getting that from, like, because they sell it everywhere, and everywhere you can buy vape now, they're selling it, and so, I mean, it's just...
2: Yeah, I mean, because I see everybody, like, I know vaping's the cool thing. Like, all of my, like, younger cousins and all of them, they're all into the vaping Mm -hmm. scene. And you just, to me, I'm too anxious. Like, I don't know what's in it. It's Mm -hmm. not worth it. And, you know, that's the same thing that I hear some people say. It's just marijuana. You don't know it's just marijuana. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's been instances all over the state and the country where people think they're just, smoking marijuana mm-hmm. and it's laced or cut with something else and just in this day and time it's not worth it mm-hmm. so yeah I, th- I
1: think the big thing about our CBD oil or anything like that is is f- as far as military folks go you know we've got a lot of folks in the military especially guard mm-hmm. on up in the age they dealt with multiple deployments and stuff like that and they're they have pains they have bumps and bruises and they're they're looking for anything to alleviate it, and when you come out with this substance and you say, you know, it's non-narcotic, it's been proven to, yeah, I mean, they're chomping at the bit because they're they're looking for anything, and and it just it's like I said, it's just not worth the well, chance. Cause, it
2: because especially with the opioid epidemic right now, nobody wants to sit there and just take pills and pills and pills on pills. So if you can find a natural alternative, that's kind of that's what we're all more geared to doing. Right, um, but you know the regs CBD and kratom which is now a big thing that's coming out those are all prohibited Um, and we may see it addressed. big army may come out and further address it I know it's something that's being talked about at NGB level but as of right now it's still on the note and you
1: mentioned you mentioned about not trusting what's in anything Um, but it's getting to the point nowadays where you you can't even trust what's in stuff you're used to Mm -hmm. like cookies Or candies, (laughs) or brownies, or yeah, yeah, because this is this has become a huge movement Uh, over the years. Is this whole edible thing going on, Um, and the uh, the candy stuff with the ecstasy Uh, (laughs) upstate of South Carolina?
2: LSD coming back.
1: So uh, you know how, how how's how's that work for us?
2: So one, one little activity we actually do in the substance abuse training is I have gone through and I've like gone to states and I've Googled like um, their dispensaries. And so I'll pull pictures of their edible products like gummy bears and I'll post it to like a normal picture of gummy bears that I have sitting on my desk and I'll put it up in front of soldiers. I'm like, tell me which one of these has the marijuana in it. And they'll go, well, you can't tell. And I said, that's the exact point. So, my recommendation is, I tell them, I said, listen, unless you bust that Christmas tree cake out of the wrapper by yourself, don't risk it. I mean, oh, the
1: Christmas tree!
2: They're back. P.S. Christmas in July. Oh, Lord! Those that have four boxes in my office. Those,
1: those might be worse than the alcohol. I know, right? <laughs> oh, my Lord! We've gone through three boxes. <laughs> they're so addictive. But I
2: mean, like you really you don't know what's in it, and mm-hmm. you hate to be of that paranoid mindset that everybody's out to get you or do something bad. But there, unfortunately, there are people who are putting LSD and stuff in candies, and kids are getting a hold of it, and they're mm-hmm. getting sick. So, I mean, unless you're making those brownies or unwrapping the little Debbie wrapper by yourself, it's just it's always better to be safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. And if you do think you've consumed an edible, what I tell people is that if you start off eating a brownie and then you start to feel real good and you eat the whole tray, again, give us a call and <laughs> take advantage of that limited-use policy. Let us try to protect you some.
1: And, and maybe the hospital to get your stomach pumped if you ate the whole tray of brownies for loving eats yeah who eats a whole well I can't um, <laughs> I eat a whole train too <laughs> well and the thing is
2: too they're putting like marijuana THC they're putting it in everything like there's um beer now and ice cream wow and all sorts of things that are coming out so I mean you really you have to watch it from every angle
0: yeah that's crazy I didn't know that
2: mm-hmm. I mean you can't obviously you can't get it in South Carolina but I mean, yeah. Colorado's got it now
1: yeah yeah Colorado what, what are we up to 17 states I think, think right about give, give or take, yeah. Yeah. um, <laughs> legalize. Um, and I guess moral on that subject is, you know, obviously, um, a lot of the VAs and stuff are, have been trying to push for the medical version of marijuana to be available because it has been shown to have a lot of good effects on PTSD patients and chronic pain patients and stuff like that. Um, but it's not there yet. And of course, even at that, we're, we're still subject to our federal law, so just don't.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I tell soldiers all the time: it it really it doesn't matter what the state of South Carolina does, as long as y'all are in that uniform and mm-hmm. you're part of the military, it is prohibited. And so they're like, well, "We can't get a prescription." I'm like, "You can get a prescription, but you're going to get in trouble." I mean, right? So it's
0: and also the program that you were talking about, it's not just; it's there to help people. It's not there for people to abuse. So. Exactly don't go and try to get away with doing, mm-hmm. using substances and whatever to be able to go through the program and kind of have, like, a freebie or get-out-of-jail-free card. Because
2: yeah. we talk to people. Like, when they come into the program, like, I talk to them. Like, tell me about what's going on. Tell me about why you're using. And nine times out of ten, there's an underlying stressor or something mm-hmm. going on, um, which is why I feel like the service member family care director is so important because... If you're stressed out because you can't find a job and so you smoke, well, guess what? We have a resource for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I tell them, I can't help you fix a problem I don't know exists. So just come to us beforehand. Um,
1: now, the the limited use use um, that th- that has a stipulation on it. That's a one time shot right that's a once in a career thing right so that's not something you can just yeah i'm gonna come do it this week (laughs) i'm gonna take take two months off and then i'm gonna do it again (laughs) so yeah it's it's a one-time yeah one-time shot and that's that's it you're done um
2: and I will, I will say that we're really fortunate is that we have a great command structure, you know, from the top down, that if we have soldiers that are struggling with any sort of substance use and they actively seek rehabilitation and they go through the program, they are going to advocate for those soldiers on their behalf. So we are really lucky that we've got that support. Like we, South Carolina doesn't have a zero tolerance policy in the Guard, and I think that says a lot about the fact that they do care about X, Y, and Z that are going on at home that may be causing the issue
1: right yeah like you said you know a lot of times for these folks they were it's something underlying yeah. mm-hmm. and and like i mentioned a lot of folks have deployed and they're they're battered and they're bruised and they're you know in pain and so they're they're trying and i've I, we've said this before on the show talking about service member family care that's one of the like you said one of the super cool things about it is it really is one-stop shopping up there mm-hmm. and it, And all of y'all are kind of trained the same way as you talk to people and you say, you know, somebody shows up for employment and like, I can't get a job. I can't get a job. Well, you know, what's going on? Well, I'm drinking 24 beers a day. Well, hold on. Let's go over here and fix the 24 beer a day problem. Then, you know, type thing. So that's good. That's why y'all are an outstanding asset to the state. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, And I mean, to talk to us is absolutely free. Um, And one thing I always tell people, if you call my desk phone or you call my government phone, I'm not going to do a reverse Google search to figure out who you are. So, I mean, like, (laughs) like, I'm not going to go in and type your number into Facebook and see if I can figure out who it is. So, like, if you call us or you text and say, hey just have a random question about X, Y, or Z. That stays between us. I'm not going to go background check you and try to figure out who it is. Mm-hmm. So,
0: I mean. And I think that sometimes you just need somebody to talk to you because yeah. you're going through so much. You're pushing it to the side because you're trying to be this great soldier, airman. You're trying to do the right thing, be there for your family. And so you're pushing things to the back burner, and it's affecting you, and you don't realize it till sometimes you get to that breaking point. And sometimes you need somebody outside of that world to maybe just talk to you and listen to what you have to say and then you're like well you know what I have been dealing with this and I just I did I just kept pushing it away and it led me to alcohol or substances and sometimes you need that outside source to help you realize and then get you the help that you need.
2: Well one thing I always tell our soldiers when I'm talking to them is that I have yet to meet any person in the South Carolina national guard army or air that only wears the uniform. Mm -hmm. Like everybody has different hats that they wear, whether it's a parent or a spouse or, you know, significant other, like everybody has different roles, different hats they wear. And sometimes that can get to be really heavy. And that's when we start to struggle and you may turn to substances or you may just start to have those dark and twisty thoughts. And, there's still this just great stigma about asking for help. And I get it because people are so concerned about how it will affect their career. But we are actively working against that to fight that stigma because we're here. Like let us be here for you. So y'all can stay in the game, stay in the fight and stay hundred percent for all those different hats that you wear.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of information.
2: Yes.
0: Um,
1: I think there's opportunity, you know, to to have more discussions about yeah, substance definitely. abuse, and stuff's always changing yeah. mm-hmm. in that realm. um But we appreciate you coming by, taking time out your day to to talk with us. Uh, like you said, y'all y'all have Facebook, got phone numbers. Y'all are up in the front hallway, uh Bluff Road Armory. So if you need substance abuse, uh, you know what? We didn't get your team. Who are the? We we know you.
2: You know me. We know you. Um, so I currently have um, Matthew Diggins, who's my other prevention coordinator, we each have a vacancy, so hopefully we will have that filled soon. Okay. Um, but it's just Matthew and I taken on the state for right now. All right, well there you go. <laughs>
1: um, all right, well, we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no thank
0: problem. you. Well, I'm really glad that Ivy was able to come in and kind of shed some light on the gray areas of substances and being in the military and things like that, so that we can have a better understanding of our regulations and what we can and can't do
1: i think one of the big things for me is and she definitely portrayed it and made sure that we kind of understood it as the substance abuse program there is to help soldiers and airmen Mm -hmm. it's not there to necessarily bury you or end your career or anything like that it's it's there's obviously processes in place um, that if you are having a problem you know they don't want the stigma if i go and get this help that that's it my career is over which can sometimes spiral people even even more out of control um so that that's excellent you know she she made sure you know that listen they're there to help they're they're there for that individual first and and they'll make sure they take care of you on on the other side of it
0: i think that uh we definitely touch it a lot, is that service, member family care, all their programs hopefully were able to break that stigma of getting help because for so many years that was the problem. People were too afraid to get help because one, they didn't want to admit they had a problem and two, they didn't want to be affected by it in their career. So hopefully, this isn't these aren't resources for you to abuse the system, they're there to help you and for people who really need the help and to realize that everybody's human, everybody makes mistakes, and you just need to reach out and say, I need help. Can you help me? And that's what all of their programs are there for.
1: Yeah, and and not only that, you know, she brought that part, but also the education part, stuff about the CBD oil mm-hmm. and things like that, because obviously that's a huge hot topic, hot, hot topic nowadays. I mean, you can ride down the street and CBD oil stores are popping up yeah. You know and a
0: lot of civilians that aren't military they don't understand why my friends ask me all the time and they just don't understand why we can't do it right so it's
1: and they say you know there is no THC in and, and whatever else and there and in some cases there's probably none in some there's probably micro traces um, but there's nothing oh. set up on how that stuff is tested and filtered and whatever else and you know it's just not it's not worth the risk of you know that that going down that way um and then there's like i said you know with the states other states and stuff legalizing. there's you know all these um look-alike products that are out there yeah and the and the whole edible movement and all that um you know you don't want to go get a pop tart and wind up with a pot tart (laughs) um and um so yeah i mean and that's that's kind of stuff and i can't um you know, and then uh, the upper state of South Carolina has that whole candy movement with the, the ecstasies that look like little emoji candies and stuff like that. And, you know, that's that type of stuff scary for me uh, with having kids. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, not that Little's running around taking stranger or candy and stuff from strangers or whatever, but, I mean, he could pick something up, you know, or whatever and – not know, uh, and it just be, it'd be a bad situation. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's why we need people like Ivy to, to help keep that information of education flowing and, and things like that. Uh, you know, obviously first and foremost to help the soldiers and the airmen, um, but also, um, education for us so that we can help protect our families or if we have family members or or veterans that we know that might be having a problem you know we can obviously reach back to the substance abuse program for advice and, and go from there
0: well i'm specialist chelsea
1: baker and i'm specialist david erskine and we'll catch
0: you in the next episode